Good morning. It's Sunday, June 14th. Welcome to this multimedia resource for at-home spiritual growth during our transition from the pandemic stay-at-home orders to resuming public worship at Redeemer Lutheran Church. This resource is provided as an interim at-home alternative to our public worship, which is resuming in an outdoor setting this month. The order of service is available for download on our website. You can print off a copy and follow along that way if you wish. The order of service will also be displayed as slides on the screen throughout this morning's presentation. God bless you today with growth from His Word. Hope is alive, even though it is hidden. A brief service of word and sacrament. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, We have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by His death on the cross and freed us from death by His resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. Even for those who have not seen, Jesus' resurrection gives new birth into a living hope. The reading from 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The risen Savior gives peace to his disciples. The Gospel today is John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, 
Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Every year after Easter, we read from John chapter 20 and listen again to the time our resurrected Lord appeared to his disciples. Every year, even when we're at home or in a park in the midst of a pandemic, we take time to get caught up in the story of Thomas the one who wanted to poke around the holes in Jesus' hands. Now, John chapter 20 is a powerful text from which we get perhaps the greatest confession of faith ever spoken. Thomas looks at the crucified one, the one risen from the dead right in the face, and he says, My Lord and my God. Thomas confesses that Jesus the Nazarene is none other than God in human flesh. His confession is our confession. Indeed, John 20 is about the existence of the church built on that kind of confession, about our purpose in the church built on that kind of confession, and about our life together in the church built on the same kind of confession. This text is also about our doubts and our fears and the triumph of faith in the face of those doubts and fears. And so we make this our annual observance because we never run out of reasons to hear these things once more. I think Thomas and his struggle to believe in the resurrection of Jesus is a story we can all relate to. All of us in one way or another have had our doubts. 
Perhaps some of us have had them to a greater degree than others, but all of us have had those times when we've wondered about God, about his promises, or even about his existence in the first place. In the midst of great trials, we have doubted whether God really loves us. When tragedy strikes, we have doubted whether God makes sense in all our pain. When smart people call us dumb people for having any faith at all, we have doubted that our footing is all that firm in the first place. So when we hear the disciples excitedly telling Thomas they've seen the Lord, well, his response seems pretty sensible. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and I put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Thomas, we can't forget, had witnessed Jesus' arrest, his betrayal, and his brutal execution at Golgotha. Thomas has suffered. Thomas has been afraid. Thomas is unsure about the future. And so he wants, he needs a little proof if he's going to believe God has actually undone the events of the previous three days. Because that's a pretty big deal if it's true. You see... Everything really does, like Thomas points out, really does hinge on the resurrection of Jesus. Because without the resurrection, none of what the church does matters all that much. Without the resurrection, then Christianity is just another self-help organization with non-profit tax status. It's a place to learn how to be more charitable, more loving, Those are good things, of course, but without the resurrection, then Christianity is about nothing except our good works. All while death and fear remain intact and unbeatable. So you can only begin to imagine the joy and the the world-changing comprehension that happens when Jesus shows up amidst his disciples and he says, peace be with you. Now I imagine quite the celebration as Jesus shows him his shows them his hands and his side when he lets them see he's no ghost or hallucination. I imagine they needed to sit down just to think through the stunning reality that the same body that was broken and buried for the sins of the world now lives. And to this day our faith is rooted in the same stunning reversal. Our faith is rooted in the events of history in eyewitness accounts of a living Christ who left behind an empty tomb. But our doubts don't just disperse because we've celebrated Easter. Those doubts can linger even though this church called the Christian Church has a purpose beyond self-help. Those doubts still linger. There's, There's a reality that knowledge of the empty tomb doesn't mean smooth sailing from here on out. We still have a certain kind of kinship with our friend Thomas, and and maybe more so when we remember what Jesus said in that locked room. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then Jesus gave them the Holy Spirit and said, If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So there you have the living presence of peace in the face of fear and death 
actually handing over the reins of forgiveness to his disciples. As Jesus was sent, now so are they. And, and so are we. See, if you're a follower of Christ, it means that you are a messenger of peace. The peace Christ came to bring is now your message to convey. If you're forgiven by Jesus, it means you now forgive others. The forgiveness won by Jesus is now yours to pass on to others. This is, in fact, God's full plan of salvation for mankind. This is how he, he does it. He, he's done all the work. He was stricken by God and afflicted so that you might have eternal life. He died in your place and rose for your assurance. He's the sole bringer of peace amid the chaos of our world. He has decisively defeated death so that it does not have ultimate hold over us anymore. And the fear of death need not dictate our life's purpose and goals and conduct. The church is about living in the presence of a truth, living in the light of a reality in which death does not have the final say. God has done all this. And he calls it peace. And now he says to you, go speak my peace to others. If you forgive sins, they're forgiven. If you withhold it, it's withheld. The keys are yours. This is how it works. The message of peace flows from the lips of one person to the ears of another. But this is where our inner Thomas springs to life and says, hold on, I think you might have me confused for someone else. I mean, does it really make much sense for God to make us the bearers of peace? But this is exactly what Jesus does. He gives you his spirit and sends you out to do just this sort of thing. And you can't look at me or text me or call me and say, well, you know, pastor, that's your job. You're the pastor. It's true that I've been called to do this work for you on your behalf to make sure there's always at hand a public ministry of the gospel to confirm to you that in your confession you are met with the holy absolution of God, his free gift of forgiveness, the proclamation that you are his. But I only do this in this capacity because you've called me to do so. The bottom line is, the root cause is this, that I'm a follower of Jesus just like you. And that's where the real authority to forgive comes from. I do it publicly because you've called me to. But I do it in the first place because of Jesus' words and his authority. The same words and authority he has spoken to you. Now I know, we all see our own sin far too well. We see the failures that make, uh, make a mess of our lives. We know that if anyone really knew us, they would never trust us with a message of peace when we've caused so much strife in our life. We'd rather some expert with impeccable moral credibility, we'd rather they do this work for us, someone maybe with a better track record of success, a better plan of attack, someone who can make this work I guess you could really just boil it down to this. You could say what we really want is for Jesus himself to do it. You know, the prayer could be, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let this world be your mess. But where is he, our Lord? Where is Jesus? Where can we find him? He died, he rose, the tomb is empty. 
But where is he now? Well, around 700 years before the time of Christ, the prophet Isaiah famously said, Truly, you are a God who has been hiding himself, the God and Savior of Israel. Our God, you see, is a God who hides himself. He's hidden. He hides in lowly things, things that are hidden, but it's still right there in front of us. We just miss them because they're lowly. He's hidden in the waters of baptism where he claims people as his heirs. He hides in bread and wine to deliver the very body and blood which forgives our sin. He hides even in the mouths of sinners who have doubt and fears and hesitations, yet they speak. They speak the promises of Christ nonetheless. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven, because Jesus is hiding in your words, bringing peace through them, over and over and over again. In the end, this is why nothing can really stop Christ's church. Nothing can lock down the gospel. Jesus showed up in the middle of a locked room, and he continues to show up even now. He's present in his word. He's present as we hear him say again, Peace be with you, for you are forgiven all your sins. There's no condemnation for you, no guilt left to bear, because you are in me. And then he turns you toward your neighbor, toward your spouse, toward your children or your parents, toward your friends, and even distant family. He sends you into their lives with the same message, the same promise from the same Jesus. The peace born from the empty tomb has been delivered to you. Peace be with you. It has taken up residence in your heart, and now it's hidden in your words as well. Amen. The Prayer of the Church Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Spare us, Lord, from the lies of the devil and the attacks of our conscience. Comfort and save us in your patient compassion. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Guide us, Lord, to the wisdom of your word and the power of your promises. Take away our confusion and doubt. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Hear us, Lord, when we come to you in prayer. Make us confident to take you at your word and to follow you in faith. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Empower us, Lord, to walk in your ways and live in your truth. Fill us with your love that we may love you and one another. Have mercy on us, Jesus. The Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless us and keep us. Amen. The service today concludes with the common doxology, the hymn, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow. <laughs>